Hey, everybody. It's the 23rd of February, 2023, and welcome to the Unscheduled CEO Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about Amazon calling its workers back to the office. Is the end of remote work here? And was it ever a good thing in the first place? You know, remote work? Is it good? Is it bad? I'm going to give you my opinion as a CEO who runs a company, uh, two businesses, one of them's remote and one of them's not. So like a lot of people giving their opinions on this stuff are either hardcore on one side or hardcore on the other side. And uh, I benefit from both. So I can give you a relatively unbiased opinion. I mean, it's biased because I actually do have opinion, but you know, you know, you know, you know. Look at this stain. If you're on YouTube, you will see a toothpaste stain. Look at that. I thought I got it off, but then when I saw on camera, I see that the toothpaste stain is here. Yeah, come on. Ah, we did it. We did it. We did it, boys. We made it to episode... I actually don't know what episode number it is. Uh, let me take out these. Let me take out these braces thingies. Welcome back to the Unscheduled CEO Podcast. It is Thursday. Uh, I usually record these on a Monday, but you know, a Unscheduled CEO makes sense for it to be an unscheduled. I mean, I do I do like the idea of having a weekly podcast. Uh, it makes more sense because people can get used to the rhythm, but fucking shit happens when you're running a business and stuff gets delayed, so... This podcast, like I always say, this could always, you, every episode you're listening to could be the last episode. And I don't mean that in any dramatic way. It's just that I have no reason to do this. It's more of like a personal little art project, which I'm enjoying currently. Um, you know, I kind of look at the numbers and if less people listen to it, I'm just like, ah, you know, I don't need to do this. So currently I'm still enjoying it and I'm just going to keep doing it as long as I enjoy it. Um, some weird noises coming out of this microphone right now, but usually they don't end up in the actual recording. So, um, yeah, what's been going on in my life in the last week? Well, let's see. The weekend that just went, so the weekend before, well, the week, last weekend, I guess you could say, uh, I went on, I organized a trip for me and my boys, me and my friends. Uh, I booked a lake house outside of Berlin and we basically played, hung out and played video games and board games for like four days. It was pretty nice, pretty chill, uh, a little bit too much drinking, bit, bit, uh, bit brain dead from it. <laughs> if you're looking at me on uh, YouTube, you can see like how dark it is under my eyes. To be honest, it's always like that, but uh, yeah, it was, um, was a was a big weekend in terms of drinking I, I was trying to trying to preach to everyone about this about the concepts that i talk about on the show obviously my friends don't listen to the show so i was preaching to them about like this deatomization and all these other things that i've been talking about um yeah some often it's just like yeah well yeah well that's easy for you to say so yeah oft, often i start these conversations and then uh, back down immediately. <laughs> we did another um, marketing event at AJ and Smart on Monday night for our new course, which is called Facilitation Fundamentals. Uh, I think there was like 280 people turned up to it. It was interesting. We tried something a little bit different. I don't know if it worked or not yet because as of recording, uh, the campaign is still going uh, it's been a very busy week uh, on the workshopper team at AJ and Smart because, yeah, some people are on vacation and when vacations happen uh, or sicknesses happen, it gets a bit tricky. 
so yeah, AJ and Smart, yeah, I mean, um, I'm trying to think what else, what else happened. Uh, yeah, the big, the, really the big thing right now is the facilitation fundamentals course getting integrated into all of our current funnels. Trying to find, like, generally when we release a new course, we're trying to figure out, like, what's the best funnel or what's the best campaign to release or to keep this course going long term. And we still don't know for facilitation fundamentals because we just launched it. Whereas Workshop or Master, which we launched two years ago, we've basically found like the perfect funnel for it so that it can make um, a good amount of money every month. I don't know. It's a, I think it averages out about 300k per month or in, in January it was 380 or something. I'm trying to constantly building up that sales team as well. And uh, yeah, trying to build, trying to build the perfect funnel that makes, uh, you know, around 50, 56% profit margin and ideally just trying to get as close as possible to that million per month goal. I don't know if I ever talked about that, but that's the goal um, with that team right now is to sort of crest this million per month revenue um, target. Uh, we almost got there, I think, in, in November, but um, yeah, we're still we're still working on it. If you're watching the YouTube channel, this is the green tea I'm drinking. It's so delicious. When I went to Japan, I was like obsessed with it. Now I'm drinking it again. Yeah, what else? Uh, what else is going on? Mm, this podcast been getting a lot of good feedback about it, which is nice. Uh, it's been definitely. Like the result of doing this podcast has been, it's just been very enjoyable to make it. And it's been very enjoyable to, what happens is like during the week between podcasts, I find like new articles that I find interesting. Sometimes I don't even read them. And the podcast is a way for me to think out loud and actually lock these topics into my mind. So that's been kind of fun. So this week I want to talk about maybe two things. Um... Number one, Amazon uh, just announced they're bringing their employees back to the office, which is a pretty big trend amongst these large companies. Um, Apple, Google did the same. Um, and like a lot of other less well-known companies, they just said, yeah, okay, this we've changed your mind about this remote work thing. You coming back. And uh, yeah, I thought I'd just read out the CEO's... Um, so the CEO did did a post about it, did an announcement about it. Andy Jassy, if you didn't know, he's the new CEO of Amazon. Andy Jassy, he wrote he wrote an update uh, about why they are calling people back to the office uh, three days a week. And I thought it would be interesting to read that. I know people don't like when I read articles on this podcast, but you know what? Fuck you. Yeah, how you like that? Um, I think that's a good response to that. Fuck you. I will not read this correctly, but it's, you know, it, let, let, I'm going to, it's not a video, so I have to fucking read it. <laughs> no one made a video of it, so, you know, I have to react to it in real time. So, um, fuck it, let's just already go to the main topic. I don't have so much else to talk about. I don't really, yeah, I'm just going straight into the main topic here. So, let's take a look. At what Amazon's up to. We can see this lovely post here. If you're looking at YouTube, we're on aboutamazon.com. And it says the message below was shared with Amazon employees today. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's hard to believe I'm, I'm, I'm speaking as Andy Jassy right now. <laughs> Let's see if I can do some effects on my voice here. It's hard to believe. No, I'm not going to do that. That's going to be way too distracting. Uh, it's hard. Oh, that's the exact same. It's hard to believe, but it's been nearly three years since the pandemic. No, I'm not going to do any voice. Okay. Um, I'm going to skim through a lot of it because a lot of it is just corporate bullshit. But let me just give you a bit of a, let me give you a bit of an overview of what Amazon sent out now and we'll see. We'll see what the vibes are when we read it, and I'll tell you what I'm thinking about it, okay? Keep in mind, just to remind you, uh, <clears throat> I run two businesses. One of them's pretty much fully remote, as in the only time it's not remote is just if people really get sick of staying at home. 
and come into the office. And I run another business, which is not remote, but has some sort of hybrid elements. Okay, here's the here's the article, or here's the, the message. It's, it's hard to believe, but it's nearly been three years since the pandemic began, and we recommended that all our employees who were able to work from home do so. We subsequently updated guidance a few times, with the last guidance in the second half of 2021 being that director-level leaders would decide for their teams where they'd work, and we'd experiment for the next chunk of time. <laughs> Sorry, I, I have no problem with Andy, Andy Jassy, by the way. I'm just trying to make this entertaining. So, yeah. So, oh, fuck. Why did this just turn off? Okay, so yeah, basically the point there being that Amazon has been sort of in limbo a little bit. They, they, they've just been experimenting with this work-from-home model. And obviously a lot of employees were hoping that it would be permanent. And yeah, because the pandemic lasted as long as it did, we were able to observe various models. Some teams working exclusively from home, some in the office full-time together, and many flavors of hybrid over a meaningful period of time. S-team listened to employees. S-team is like the top-tier team at Amazon. I think it's the executive team. Watched how our teams performed, talked to leaders at other companies, and got together on several occasions to discuss if and how we should adjust our approach. The guiding principle in these conversations was to prioritize what would best enable us to make customers' lives better and easier every day and relentlessly invent to do so. Our respective views of what we thought was optimal evolved as the pandemic wore on and then eased. Okay? Here are a few of the things that we've observed. So these are the findings. And look, just listen, all right? Just listen to the findings, okay? Relax. Okay, wait, I gotta read this message first. So listen to them. Okay, I gotta actually reply to this. You're gonna have to just listen to this audio first, like in 30 seconds. get back to it i wonder why no one's listening to this podcast i just text for a minute it's easier to learn model practice and strengthen our culture when we're in the office together most of the time and surrounded by our colleagues it's especially true for new people and we've hired a lot of people in the pandemic but it's also true for people of all tenures at amazon okay when you are in person, people tend to be more engaged, observant, and attuned to what's happening in the meetings and the cultural clues being communicated. For those unsure about why something happened or somebody reacted in a certain way, it's easier to ask ad hoc questions on the way to lunch, in the elevator, or the hallway. Whereas when you're at home, you're less likely to do so. It's also easier for leaders to teach when they have more people in the room at one time. They can better assess whether their team is digesting the information as intended, and if not, how they need to adjust their communication. Of course, there will be plenty of meetings that will have significant virtual participation, but having more in-person interactions help people observe the, absorb the culture better. Our culture has been one of the most critical parts of our success for the first 27, and I expect it will be in our next 27 plus years as well. Strengthening is further, strengthening it further is a top priority for the S team and me. Okay. Yeah. So the first chunk of that is just that it's easier to learn it's easier to uh, communicate it's easier to have ad hoc communication it's easier to observe what the culture is like it's easier to absorb the cultural kind of quirks of a company when you're in person and i a hundred percent agree with this i actually had a chat with um ellie from aj and smart today at the coffee machine uh which by the way you don't do when you're in a remote company uh as he, he also pointed out yeah you don't really 
you're not really going to be talking to the CEO randomly on a normal day unless like I am just randomly at the coffee machine. And um, he was saying he joined AJ and Smart uh, when we just, when the pandemic just started. And so he basically started as a remote, <laughs> a fully remote employee. And it was really hard to to get a feel for the culture. It was really um, awkward. Like he, he was saying, like, it's not, I'm not just going to reach out and randomly ask people I don't know questions because um, it's just weird. And of course, I know if you're listening to this, you might be like, yes, but in a remote first culture, all of this stuff would be. <laughs> um, yeah, we weren't a remote first first culture. Uh, and the yeah, this 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 thing that it says here, this this idea of ad hoc, just being able to bump into people and ask them questions and have lunch with them. So much happens in this way. You wouldn't believe I had a meeting with uh, the entire leadership team yesterday. One of those members of the leadership team is in the office every day. Two of them maybe are in the office a few times per quarter. And a lot of the miscommunication and a lot of the buildup of confusion um, or just like misalignment isn't because, you know, I am specifically withholding information. It's just that... Uh, a lot of stuff just happens ad hoc without any official documentation and without any official meeting. And unfortunately, or well, just that's just how a lot of stuff in real life happens. Even if you're working at a remote company, um, if there is a contingent of people who are in the office, conversations are going to happen which are not specifically happening on purpose to like uh i don't know to to leave you out of them it's just that you just forget what's important like me as a ceo i often don't even know what people want to know i often don't even know what uh, things are important for people in the company to know i got um um somebody at the company two days ago said hey uh someone in the company listened to your podcast and was worried about this and worried about that and i was like really like I don't even consider that to be an important decision or an important, like, I, I just assumed, I assumed that people didn't really care about this type of thing. And it was interesting. It was, I, when I had that piece of information, I asked um, the person, I asked the leader whose team is in person, did they, who, who also listened to the podcast, did they also have a problem with this section of the podcast? And she was like, no, no one mentioned it. And yeah, of course, I, I realized, yeah, the people who are not in the office are more likely to think stuff's happening without them or decisions are being made that are like scary or something. But when you're in the office, these things are just being discussed openly. <laughs> They're not, there's no like, there's, it's not a secret. It's just, yeah, we're just chatting. It just came up in a chat. Um, and yeah, so like they also mentioned here that it's especially true for new people so it's easier to learn, model practice, and strengthen our culture when we're in an office together most of the time and surrounded by our colleagues. It's especially true for new people. For me, so keep in mind, I run two businesses. Two of them are successful. One is remote. One is not remote. And I'm not, for the employees listening to this podcast, I am not going to change. I already I already specifically posted into the Slack group Um I posted this Amazon letter, but I also said, do not worry. I'm not going to change the rules. You don't have to come into the office to the other team. So if you're listening to this, anyone on the other team, I'm not changing the rules, okay? And nothing is going to change for you. You're now listening to just my opinions on this. Um, you should just keep doing whatever you want. And it's, you know, it's absolutely purely my thoughts on this. I think... If you are a new employee joining a company, uh, or even even if you're young, if you're in your 20s, I would recommend to my daughter to not work at any company that's fully remote. I would even probably recommend her to just find a company that's fully in person. Why? Because I think that's where a lot of the real important things actually happen. 
Like the actual specific work itself is important, of course. But what's actually more important is meeting people who might become your future founders. Uh, you know, how I started AJ and Smart is I met somebody at AJ and Smart. We just kept going to lunch. We kept hanging out. We kept going for after work drinks. And then it was like, you know, fuck it. Let's start our own company. Uh, that was Michael. We were working at a company together in person. If this was on fucking Zoom, if this was on Slack, I can promise you none of these discussions would have ever happened. Um, so, yeah, I would definitely, I definitely think it's not. Of course, I understand, by the way, that I, I also go on LinkedIn and I see all of these remote activists. Um, they call, they're actually, it's actually in their job title, remote activists. Uh, nothing wrong with that, by the way. Please don't attack me. Um, but I see them posting all this extremely one-sided, aggressive content about companies are evil. How dare they tell people to come back? How dare anybody work in an office? It's such a waste of time. You have to commute. No, it's not a waste of time. It just might be not convenient for you. If you have children, uh, if you have a family, if you want to live outside the city, then I think it's just very inconvenient to work in person. It's not bad. It's not worse for the company if you work in person. In fact, I think it's better for most companies if you work in person. But it's inconvenient for you. So I think people need to split these arguments a little bit. <laughs> like uh, when, when these people on... I also... It's the same, it's the same thing as uh, remote anti-remote work people um, posting all this aggressive content. Yeah, if you don't come into the office, you get nothing done, you're lazy, blah, blah, blah. No, you just know that it's better for you if people work in person and so you're making shit up. In general, I think that people in their 20s, people starting out in their careers should, should for their own sake, work in person. Uh, you, you should meet people you should spend time with them. You're going to have a better idea of what's going on in the company. You're going to have a better idea of what it takes to be successful in that company. And, you know, selfishly for yourself, you might meet a good friend. Uh, you also might meet a future co-founder. And you're just, it's just more likely that you're going to build a useful network in person. Um, yeah, I just, I would never sacrifice my career momentum and networking potential for the convenience of staying at home all day or working from wherever I want. Um, I think a lot of people are glorifying this remote work life. Uh, I can work from anywhere. I can, you know, I don't have to, I can play with my kids in between. By the way, I have, I am a father, so please don't attack me. But it's easy for you to say because I, no, I, I actually am a father. Um, and I understand, so therefore I understand it's uh, very nice to stay at home all the time. Um, I just don't think it's a great career move. That would be my feeling. Um, and if career doesn't matter for you, that's totally fine. But then also you're probably not listening to this podcast. This is a called the unscheduled CEO. It's about career. It's about money. Um, so yeah, let's move on to the second thing. Collaborating and inventing is easier and more effective when we are in person. I agree. The energy and riffing on one, one another's, oh, the energy and riffing on one another's ideas happens more freely. In the more productive brainstorm sessions I've been part of over the years, people get excited and blurt out new ideas or improvements to prior proposals, quickly advancing the seed of an idea and leading to a broader group getting more energized and feeling that it's onto something. This rapid, inter rapid interjecting happens more often in person because people feel less inhibited about jumping in or even interrupting sometimes. This interjecting happens less frequently in virtual calls because it blocks out all of the other speakers when it transpires. Also, teams working on new ideas often find that a whiteboard enhances the group's understanding and iterating. And a lesser known fact is that some of the best inventions have had their breakthrough moments from people staying behind in a meeting and working through ideas on a whiteboard or walking back to an office together on the way back from a meeting or just popping by a teammate's office later in the day with another thought. 
Invention is often sloppy, it wanders, it meanders, and it marinates. Serendipitous interactions help it, and there are more of these in person than virtually. I can tell you that every extra million euro, every extra million euro that has been added to AJ and Smart's revenue has come from a messy, sloppy, ad hoc interaction that had that was not expected at all. The first online course that we created, the Design Sprint Masterclass, um, you know, this was just a chaotic kind of sit down session between me and a couple of people at AJ and Smart. And I was like, we need to make more money. And I think we need to do it some way that's different to what we're doing now. And we tried lots of different things that like we were just chatting, chatting, chatting. And eventually, how about an online course? And actually, that wasn't even the biggest uh, like invention. The biggest invention that we created there was how do we sell online courses? That was all just chaotic in-person chats and walks. None of this happened planned i i'm a i'm a big big believer if you're a ceo of a company a small business this is a small business podcast so that i'm kind of applying this to the small business aspect of it i i just probably wouldn't invest in a fully remote small business because i yeah i just i just think that it's more likely to be kind of flat and have less excited people in it um, than a company where they have at least a majority in-person element. It just doesn't interest me. I just don't like it. Uh, And I know there's lots and lots of exceptions. There's some amazing, amazing businesses that have always been fully remote. In fact, some of my favorite, Basecamp, my like Jason Fried is my entrepreneur. I'm a fucking fanboy for Jason Fried. Uh, automatic, fully remote, always fully remote. Um, Matt Walk, Matt Watkins. I can't remember the guy's name, but fucking love that company. But in general, I think what I've seen with my entrepreneur friends, the companies that go fully remote, they definitely lose their culture pretty quickly. They definitely lose the employees being in any way excited about working for the company. Everyone's just sort of doing their own stuff. It's it's very transactional. Every, it, the feeling that I have for the employees of remote companies is it's very transactional. I just do my work and then I check out. And that's actually fine. You know, that's not a problem. I think, um, you know, like I said, I have two businesses. One is in-person and one is remote. And one of them is that the, the in-person one is definitely more like a culture. A lot of people are friends. They hang out a lot outside the office. Um, we definitely spend a lot more social time together. Um, they definitely talk about the business uh, in a different... It's not very transactional, I would say. It, it doesn't feel very transactional. Um, it's it's definitely more of a real culture. I'm not saying the other, the, the remote business is less of a culture, but there's less social... I don't... I, I actually don't know if anybody hangs out in the other team. By the way, I know you're listening to this on the other team. Tell me if I'm wrong. I, I But I don't think any of you guys hang out, right? Like, you don't... None of you guys spend time together outside of the outside of work. Um, that's no problem. I just think that that is something that, as a CEO, if you're really just starting out a business... Like, AJ and Smart, the consulting business, has been around for... This is the 12th year. And I think... When you have people who've been here a long time, like Tim, like Amr, you have people who are like a solid foundation. <laughs> um, and when the entire thing goes remote, you at least have these people who've been there forever and understand what it's like to be in person and to be remote. But yeah, I think, um, yeah, I do, I do think that coming up with novel, new, innovative ideas that are not obvious these tend to always happen in person at AJ and Smart. I don't remember a time. I don't know any examples of where these haven't happened in person. So I definitely agree with that. Um, all right, let's let's read the next bullet point. Seems like the same as the first point, but I'm going to read it anyway. 
So the next point is learning from one another is easier in person. Didn't they just say that? Being able to walk a few feet to somebody's space and ask them how to do something or how to handle a particular situation is much easier than climbing, oh, chiming or slacking them. Even though people can use instant message function, people don't do it frequently. This apprenticeship and learning model has been pri- the primary reason a lot of companies who have returned to the office have done so. We've had a lot of functions and roles where learning from peers is useful and critical. And our newer employees, especially those who've joined us in the past few years, stand to be the most disadvantaged by not having the learning and mentorship opportunities from peers that many of us who've enjoyed uh, many of us who joined much earlier had. Making sure employees develop and grow in the company is not only obviously important for them and their careers, but also critical to our ability to deliver for customers and the business. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot easier. It's a lot less um, awkward to just walk up to someone and say, hey, do you mind showing me how this thing works? Or like over lunch, hey, like how do you get this thing done? Or how do you even about time management? Like, um... I was talking, so my sister works at AJ and Smart uh, on the team that comes to the, she listens to this podcast, so hello. Um, she's one of the people who works remotely for the team that works in person, so it's a bit hybrid. And a lot of these things, when she's talking to me about it, like the, the remote, being remote really makes you feel quite isolated and outside of everything. And asking for things is much, much harder and knowing what's going on is just, much much harder and when she comes to the office and spends like two weeks here it's just like it's a complete night and day situation it's completely different it's yeah but the learning thing is very difficult remotely again i know blah 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 there's exceptions i don't care and the last point here is teams tend to be better connected to one another when they see each other in person more frequently there's something about being face to face with something and looking them in the eye and seeing they're fully immersed in whatever you're discussing that bonds people together. Teams tend to find ways to work through hard and complex trade-offs faster when they get together and map it out in a room. Yes, absolutely. Um, I mean, we try, we, you know, we, uh, the workshopper team also was remote during the pandemic and it was fucking impossible to do any anything complex. Like we, we had these crazy complex projects like the book funnel, um, which we did in person. And then we tried to like, do things like this remotely and it just just end up losing momentum and, and going to more simple projects um because it just doesn't feel exciting to do things uh to get to uh, remotely that are very complex and require a lot of ideation mm. okay I'm, I'm at i'm at the end of the letter so i'll just read it um these are just a few examples but they're important ones with respect to overriding priority to deliver our overriding priority to deliver for customers and business. And ultimately, they've led us to conclude that we should go back to being in the office together the majority of the time, which means at least three days per week, We, which is the same as what Apple has done, by the way. We made this decision, and, and Twitter, uh, and a lot of other companies. We made this decision at an, at an S-team meeting earlier this week, and for a number of reasons, including the adjustments I know will be required of some of our employees, I wanted to share this with you as early as I could, even though we haven't worked out all the execution details yet. Of course, as there were before the pandemic, there will still be some certain roles. For example, some of our salespeople and customer support and exceptions to these exceptions, but that will be a small minority. Actually, the same as at AJ and Smart. Um, Ryan, our sales uh, um, support guy and sort of tech guy, and then almost the entire sales team no the entire sales team they're all remote um so yeah there there are certain roles which are just because of time zones and everything we plan to implement this change uh effective as of may 1st so as of may 1st amazon stops being a remote first company and back to a in-person first company It's not simple to bring many thousands of employees back to our offices around the world. So we're going to give teams that need to do some work, some time to develop a plan. We know that it won't be perfect at first. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. Oh, yeah. He also says this is kind of interesting. I'm also optimistic that the shift will provide a boost for the thousands of businesses located around our urban headquarter locations. Um, 
of cities around the world. That's yeah, that's actually a big deal. Like a lot of coffee shops and a lot of places are kind of fucked um, when people are working from home. Uh, I know that around the AJ and Smart Office as well. So yeah, that's the, that is the uh, that's the article. Maybe I said everything I already think about it in line, but yeah, I think I think uh, people pushing for remote. You should you should just think about what's good for you like selfishly if you've already nailed it in your career if you've already like made yourself financially independent if you are already locked in to a company where like you just know everything and you've got so much leverage that it just doesn't matter i think remote is fine especially if you have children um it's fine i wouldn't like it because i like the community aspect of coming to an office and i don't like sitting at my computer all day but it but it's obviously it's fine but the worst thing is people who fight for remote work at a company and then complain that they're like missing out on some conversations that are happening it's not fair um please don't be one of these people (laughs) if you like remote work go and find a company that does remote um but i do suspect that a lot of the large companies that need to keep making money and need to keep growing, I think they're going to find that remote just doesn't really work for a lot of things um, and makes some things a lot more difficult. Even if it is, I mean, look, companies, it is actually also really good for companies financially if everything is remote. So Amazon couldn't get rid of all of its offices. Uh, it's not like everyone thinks they're being evil bringing their employees back to work, but you have to understand that this is also not good for their bottom line because they have to keep their office space to do this. Um, and they also, when when you're a remote-first company, you can hire people from anywhere in the world, including places where they, you would have cheaper uh, labor. So you have to understand that these companies they are making this decision. It's a hard decision to make because they're like, fuck, we could have much cheaper people, less overheads because we have no offices. And yet we've still decided to take a hit to our profits because we think people working in person is actually going to be better for our profits long-term. Think about that. Um, it What it means to me is generally for a business making money, generally, and especially a business that needs to come up with new ideas, being in person is important. And being fully remote all the time is not ideal. And uh, yeah, there are exceptions. We're not talking about the exceptions here. I'm talking about like the rule. And uh, yeah, I think I think remote can be... I think remote can... Being fully remote all the time has, I think, a lot more negative consequences than people realize. And that's not even talking about the thing I've been talking about recently, which is this de- this atomization of everything. And I, like the fact that coming into the office can give you a feeling of community. Um, yeah, I think, I think there's a lot of... I think a lot of young people are going to miss out on some really incredible, incredible opportunities by working remote the entire time. I mean, think about the difference between someone moving to Silicon Valley to work at Facebook, being surrounded by all these hyper ambitious people, all in one geographical location, um, sharing houses together, all of this kind of stuff, um, versus mm, you stay wherever you are and get on a Zoom call, and you're just surrounded by the people you grew up with. Um, there's a, there is a difference whether you believe it or not, or whether you want to believe it or not. Um, and yeah, think about it. If you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking of starting a business or your employees are telling you you have to be remote, um, you might want to have a serious think about it. Um, yeah. I also, know, I also know a lot of people who moved out of the cities to because their companies were like, you could be remote now. <laughs> moved out of the cities into the countryside. Um I'm also surprised, I mean, that's also because I guess I'm an extrovert. I'm also surprised how many people are like totally fine with moving out into the middle of nowhere just with their kids and partner and don't have any friends and just spend their entire time on their computer. That would kill me. That would absolutely kill me. 
I don't know how you all do it. But I guess if you're more introverted, I guess you don't need that. So I'm I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt there. All right. Uh, let's move on to your emails. If you want to write into the show, go to howtobusiness.substack.com. There's usually a link in the description. And just comment on the latest episode. Just comment, go to the latest episode on that page where you land and just comment on it and I'll read out most of them. All right, let's let's have a let's have a little look see here. Let's have a little look see. Uh let me know what you think, by the way, in the comments, uh, or let me know what you think about this whole remote thing. Um, let me know if you agree with me or disagree with me. Okay, let's have a look here. Hi, Jonathan. Okay. Hi, Jonathan. Cara from Florida again here. Hi, Cara from Florida. Thank you so much for ask- answering my question on this week's episode. You asked listeners to let you know if you should continue doing the podcast. Yes, please. By the way, I actually am reading these for the first time because, well, as you can probably guess by my personality, I'm not going to like pre-read them. So I'm happy that this is a positive thing. (laughs) Uh, You asked listeners to let you know if you should continue doing the podcast. Yes, please. Listening to the show was the first thing I did this Tuesday morning. Why? Oh, yes. Sorry that this one didn't come out on Tuesday, by the way, Cara. Why? I think you have hit on something really unique and compelling here. The combination of a behind-the-scenes look at running a business with the unfiltered how I think about work and life in general is refreshing. Sure, there are plenty of podcasts about how to run a successful business, but they are all polished, uh, sagely wisdom type of shows. Lots of value here too, but the -the in-the-moment transparency and honesty you're giving is incredibly rare. Thank you so much, Cara. I really appreciate that. Speaking of Florida... um. I've never been there (laughs) and I'd like to check it out. Uh, All right. Johannes writes in and says, Hey, Jonathan, I'm from Stuttgart, Germany. Hello, Johannes, wie geht's? And love to listen to the explorative episodes you've created so far. I've listened to them on Spotify during my commute to work and switch to YouTube once I've arrived back home. Ah, that's cool to know. That's actually cool to know. I have no idea. Like, it seems like not a lot of people check out the youtube version i don't know the recent one only has a couple of hundred uh on there so it seems like most people listen to it in the podcast apps but yeah this is just a reminder that there's also a video version of this on youtube if you type in the unscheduled ceo the main topic oh yeah the main point of this message i've been reflecting a lot on episode two and came to my personal conclusion that the over atomization is not the problem it's only a symptom Instead, I think the original problem is that people don't take the time to identify where they want to have and keep quality of life and work where they want. I'm just going to read the whole thing and see if the people don't take the time to identify where they want to have and keep quality of life and work in our fast paced world. My only my own experience is that if you do that, you can intentionally decide what you which parts uh, which parts of your life you want to atomize without becoming a lifeless robot. Of course, this comes at a cost. You have to make tough decisions like it, like a game. But with these decisions, there are many others: marketing, family, company, who are happy to decide what's quality of life for you. Oh yeah, people decide what what's good for you in this regard i really liked how you proposed how you purposely picked your apartment um i chose an apartment that was close to all my friends for me it's more relevant to be close to nature and i'm okay with having to drive to meet friends totally yeah totally my quality of life and work thoughts have been nourished by the perspective shared in this video on how to retain talent maybe a video you can react to Mm, i'm just going to click on this and see what it is oh i can't it's not a real let me see. Um, what's that, Johannes? Let's see what he. Let's see what Johannes has for me to click on here. Dangerous to be clicking on this live on a podcast because I'm not going to edit this out. I'm scared. What is it, Simon Sinek or something? Nope. How to retain employee? Okay, it's only two minutes long. Let's watch it. 
I've definitely seen this. This video looks... Let's have a look at this. So the bigger challenge for us is uh, how do you retain people? Because many a times the freshers, when they come in... I'm just going to start that again because I missed what he said at the start. Um, the background noise is very loud in this video and I can't really... I wanted to turn on the subtitles, but I can't hear. So the bigger challenge for us is uh, how do you retain people? Because many a times the freshers, when they come in... Uh, within six months, one year after you train, they leave. Yeah. So that has been a big challenge, which okay. we are still trying to address. Yeah. Uh, we are uh, thinking of looking at some kind of a retainership, at least three years. Won't so, work. Huh? Won't work. I don't know. So I, I I'm, 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 I'm just, saving you time. Yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I was just trying to figure out how do we uh, do this. So I want you to understand this. The world of business has seen three generations. The industrial revolution, the information revolution and now we are in this revolution called the social revolution. Industrial revolution, people took a job for survival. They wanted basic necessity of roti, kapda, makan. So they went in and they worked in a workplace and they didn't leave that workplace even if the boss was abusive and even if the boss would physically... Oh man, the good old times when people would just work at a place with an abusive boss. Damn! <laughs> Why am I... I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Beat them up, people would not leave. That was the you, could, you could beat off your employees and people wouldn't leave. Boss is always right yeah. because opportunities were less. Yeah. That is pretty, pretty much the grandparents of today's workforce. Then came the information revolution where all these IT companies, brands started building. And the workforce then came to work not for survival because their parents took care of survival. This workforce went to work for standard of living. Basically get a good enough salary to pay the house EMI, the car EMI, children's education loan. Pretty much your generation. You went to work for that, for standard yeah, of living. Absolutely, yeah. Now in this generation, loyalty reduced. Now the truth is that loyalty never existed in the first place. Loyalty didn't exist. There was no option. This generation... That's a good point. Loyalty never existed in the first place. I actually... Um, sometimes when I'm uh, having like a, a meeting with the... I, I'm trying to say this in a way that doesn't like sound bad, but sometimes I'm sitting with a team member or leaders at AJ and Smart and um, sometimes someone brings up loyalty like yeah I'm like you know I've been really loyal to the business and I'm like I like lo you don't need to be loyal to me you should just always think about whether this is the best place for you to work <laughs> I'm not looking for any loyalty from people working at AJ and Smart I mean I I want every even I even say this to my my siblings who work at AJ and Smart. Um, uh, look, if you find something better for you, you should take that. I always say that. Loyalty is bullshit. You know, like I think um, at a company, I mean, you don't need to be loyal to any company. Only if you think it's going to benefit you because you don't want to be resentful later on. And believe me, the bosses don't, the owner, me, I don't want anyone to be resentful that they stuck around out of loyalty. <laughs> And then I don't know, you know, you know. Information revolution got option. If they got a better quality of workplace and they got a better uh, pay, then people would jump a job, right? Now this was the information revolution. Then came the third revolution. After 2008's recession, information revolution died. Today, information is available for free. You can learn coding on YouTube. You don't have to, it's no longer a hidden knowledge. So... You need to understand, now we live in a digital revolution or a social revolution where everything is social. Which means today's workforce, they don't care about survival. Their grandparents took care of that. They don't care about standard of living. Their parents took care of that. Even the labor does not care about standard Whose fucking parents took care of that, huh? Huh? <laughs> standard of living anymore because even labor has Dish TV and Tata Sky in their house. So if you'll say, I'll cut your pay or if you'll say, I'll bind you with a contract, they will say, thank you so much, I'm finding another job. Hmm. Today's workforce needs something else. They want quality of life, not standard of life. Standard of life parents took care. Today's workforce is thinking quality of life, which means quality of workplace, which means quality of job, quality of environment, quality of role, opportunity, learning and rewards, all of that. Unless you don't have a mechanism for that, you will always grapple with this retention yeah, challenge. See the whole thing. All right. Yeah, I would generally agree with this. Quality of but i think a lot of companies think that employees are looking for just like perks when they, when it comes to quality of life 
we don't offer a huge amount of perks at AJ and Smart. What we do offer, I think, is an, an enjoyable an enjoyable environment to work in with an enjoyably cura- uh, uh, like curated selection of interesting, enjoyable people to spend time with. And yeah, I think uh, I do agree that quality of life is what people are looking for. But I do not think that the solution to that is, you know, giving people perks. I think the business it's and and everyone's going to have their own kind of view on what quality of life is. Um, But yeah, interesting video. Augustine Bernardo writes in and says, Hi, Jonathan. This is Augustine from Argentina, living in Minnesota. I've been reflecting a lot on your episode about work-life balance. Yeah, I think that episode too, by the way, I think that's the big... That's When this podcast ends, I think that's going to have been the one that everyone likes the most. I think it's that one anyway, the one about the atomization one. I've been reflecting a lot on your episode about work-life balance, and although I fully agree with your integrated way of living principle, there's room for interpretation of what that means. I see work-life balance as the ability to organize your day, week, in a more flexible... Wait, did I read this already? Did I read this already last week? I'm going to... Look, I don't know if I read it last week. Uh, I did. Did I? Fuck, I don't remember. I've been... Whatever. I see work-life balance as the ability to organize your day, week, in a more flexible way. As a designer, I'm passionate about what I do, and I don't have a problem working or talking about work outside of the nine to five as design, innovation, technology, and business are things I enjoy. The following quote, I definitely read this. Sorry, I read this already last week. I'm going to skip this. Victoria writes in, the last two episodes were amazing. Oh, thank you, Victoria. Um, And hello, this is Victoria here from Rotterdam. I'll forever look at selfishness in a completely different way selfishness equals what your parents told you you were when they wanted you to do something else it took me a while to process it combined with naval's definition of intelligence it suddenly clicked and this is not a therapy session i'll just say thank you this realization is so liberating i also followed the exercise you wrote and wrote down my wants the list really made me laugh basically i want to take a break from being a responsible mother and partner That's a very real need. I haven't figured out yet which small habits I can build to help myself. And yes, when I look deeper into my wants, none of them seem selfish. And yet, they feel like they are. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, the wanting to take a break from being a responsible parent is... I understand that. Yeah, I think... um, Well, first of all, I really appreciate you sharing that and... um, yeah, that's uh, a lot of the stuff I'm sharing on this podcast are things that also like blew my mind, like this uh, selfishness episode, uh, the thing that I was reacting to. It's really I was I definitely spent the last very long amount of years thinking I'm just a very selfish person and that's a bad thing. And then listening to that episode, I was like, wait a minute, selfishness is a completely constructed concept. Um, but yeah, really, really cool to hear that this had a, yeah, an effect on you. And, um, I'd love to hear if there's any results from having written down your selfish needs. They're not selfish. Uh, taking care of kids is also, you know, you can lose yourself. You can lose your own identity. A lot of people a lot of people completely lose their identity and just become a parent and there's nothing else left. And um, I also don't necessarily think that's a good thing. But it, yeah, exactly. You know, you do you. Column writes in, It's not that world changing, Jonathan. The model you're describing, work-life integration, no loose, uh, loose borders between work and play, involvement and family and friends in the business, Doing what feels right rather than what you're told is right was lived on every family farm in Ireland when I was growing up and in every Handwerk and Mittelstandbetrieb in Germany since the year dot. It's just the counterposition to and a questioning of the basic rules of capitalism, growth as a prerequisite for the system to survive, specialization and optimization encourages growth. This contrary position works well in an artistic, creative type setting, 
like AJ and Smart, but I'm not sure it's viable if you're out there selling widgets in a highly competitive global market. In that context, I'm not sure how long your brother and sister would survive in the family business if they didn't bring some very specific, well-honed, super-duper widget-making expertise to the table. Just like the small family farms in Ireland are a thing of the past because people didn't, couldn't change to follow the rules as they changed. Yes, you are privileged, but not because you're making lots of cash. It's because of the niche you're working in and the way we work and people expect in, and the way we work and the way the people expect us to work in those areas of business. Christ, we invented new work. If it isn't, if it doesn't work for us, who will it work for? Cheers, Colm. Yeah, I agree. Like a lot of the stuff I'm talking about is how things probably used to be. And uh, <laughs> then everything became more specialized and jobs became more extremely specific. And of course, it's it's like... Of course, you're going to check out if your job is basically doing something extremely abstract all day and there's no way to integrate it into other parts of your life. And yeah, AJ and Smart is a creative company run by me, who's kind of like a weird artist type person. Um, However, I mean, the other thing, the the only thing I would say is, you know, AJ and Smart, the actual day to day of the business is, is quite you know, we're market, we're essentially a marketing company on one side and a client strategy delivery company on the other. So there isn't like a huge amount of creativity going into this every day. Um, but yeah, I, I, I generally agree with your sentiment there that it is hard to integrate, build a very integrated situation when you're trying to build a large world spanning business. But it's exactly why I don't want to do that. I, want to have i like having a small business and the i think the slogan of this podcast the slogan of my blog how to business is counterintuitive advice on running a small business so yeah i think um i think you're right but i also think there's a lot of people running small businesses who have very unintegrated uh, situations because like me they were looking at the big widget companies and trying to emulate that and, and basically create the same thing, but it doesn't make any sense. Oh, I just shared. Yeah, it doesn't, it just doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah, but I think you're right, man. I think you're right, man. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for writing in. Thank you again. How to business.substack.com. If you want to write into this podcast, um, yeah that's it that's all i have to say today and um you know hopefully i'll get this out today or else it's gonna people are people probably think i've already quit the podcast yeah if you enjoy this podcast please let me know um you can you can leave a comment on youtube subscribe to the youtube channel that will definitely help out um hope you have a great day i if you like it you know if you if you're if you're enjoying this just let one other person know about it. But I know it's a hard sell. Listen to this listen to this guy talk kind of randomly and openly for an hour and text somebody for a minute and literally not talk at all, even though it's a podcast. Um completely unprepared. There's also turns out like the podcasts also come out on random days now so um hmm. i wonder how many people actually listen till the end it's cool that people even listen to it at all but uh yeah i'll be honest i'm not sure if i'm going to keep doing this podcast i i'll see this could be the last episode if it is then the place where i'll be putting out content is the howtobusiness.substack.com uh blog and or maybe i just put out put these out less frequently i have no idea um but i did i have really enjoyed the topics that we've explored over the last seven episodes and that's that's as long you know if if every time a topic comes up that i want like the the thing i wanted to talk about today was actually a new study on if money actually makes you happy or not and maybe that's what i would talk about next week Uh, But yeah, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. 
thank you all for listening. Have a beautiful, beautiful, I guess, weekend. <laughs>